Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolaro. I am your host. For this is Sports Zone. Coming to you live, recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We'll be joined by both Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler in a matter of moments. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. And I want to thank everybody for joining us. No matter how you're joining us, whether you're joining us live or you're going to catch this on our various podcasting outlets, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn. We definitely thank you for being here tonight. And like I said, we do have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, so we got the NFL franchise from Washington, as it is being referred to now, will no longer be called the Redskins. It is official. They are currently deliberating in terms of what their new name is going to be. So we're going to talk about that. We have a number. Now we got a couple star players uh, coming down with the virus. I try not to even mention the name virus on this show because we all know what's going on here, but it's not something we really like to refer to on this show. It's just a little too depressing. So we're going to talk about that. And we have the second round of bids for ownership of the New York Mets. We haven't really talked about this too much over the last few months here, but yes, it does look like the Wilpons are actually selling the team. Last Friday, the first round of bids were due to be um, submitted to the Wilpons, and now today we have the second round of biddings. Uh, those who qualified from the first round. Uh, it looks like there are four ownership groups that made it to the second round of bids. You have Steve Cohen, who supposedly submitted a $2 billion bid for the franchise and an extra $2 billion for ownership of SNY, which through this whole process, it has been reported that the Wilpons do not want to sell SNY. They want to hold on to that moneymaker right there. Uh, but Cohen supposedly submitted $2 billion for the team, $2 billion for SNY itself. You have the ownership group, which is led by Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, which uh, I'll get in my thoughts on that in a little while. You have J-Rod, uh, well, they're being called J-Rod, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez. You have Mike Rapoli, a multi-millionaire, um, the creator of Body Armor, the sports energy drink. Um, I believe Vincent Piazza is his name. He's also a part of that ownership group. And then you have an ownership group led by the co-owners of the Philadelphia 76ers and the, um, and the, uh, New Jersey Devils. But anyway, we'll get into that because I do believe uh, Dave Hastings is here tonight uh, as soon as he gets connected in. Do we have Eric Tressler here right now? Or do we? I don't know. Okay. All right. No, you change your name every week. So I didn't know if this was you or not. Eric, that's you, right? I, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Dave Hastings here tonight. So we have both Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler here tonight. Guys, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm jealous. I wish I knew how to change my name like Eric. <laughs> when you when you log in and put the meeting ID, your your name is right below it. All you gotta do is tap it and type a new name. Yeah, and it's have to like keep it's that like, in mind for next Tuesday. Watch out, Mike. See, here's the thing. So Fife does the same thing. So now if we're gonna have three people doing it. Now I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you guys in, and I'm gonna hope for the best, basically. But let's let's start tonight. And Eric, I, I'm sure you don't want to spend a lot of time on this, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But as I see it, there are three big news stories that dropped this week. And we'll start with your new screen name here. The NFL franchise that resides in Washington will no longer be called the Redskins. This, in my opinion, this has been a long time coming because it feels like every five years or so this winds up being an issue. And obviously, I want you guys' opinion. I'll say this right off the bat. I don't think it's for us to say if this name is offensive or not. I don't think we're ever really going to know how offensive this name is or if it is really offensive. But given all the talk that has been surrounding this name, I think it's great that this is finally going to be resolved and we're never going to have to hear about this again. I think it's a shame that it took all the corporate sponsorships pulling out um, all those advertising dollars leaving Washington for Dan Snyder to finally do something about this. Um, and I'm fine with them changing the name. If the Washington Bullets in the NBA can change their name because they thought the name Bullets was offensive to people, and I, I think we could all agree that wasn't anywhere close to as offensive as this may or may not been. And they did that over the drop of a hat, basically. I think this has been a long time coming, so I am fine with this. I have no issue with this. Eric, what do you say? I, I, I have no issue with them changing the name. Let, let, let's all just be honest about why they're changing the name. It's for money. Right on. Because the sponsors were pulling, pulling out. That's the only reason Dan Sanders considering. Yeah. Otherwise, there would still be the Redskins. So let's not sell anybody short here. This has nothing to do with anything other than it was a perfect storm between the political climate and the sponsors pulling out that was all Snyder needed because you're not going to take his money and his franchise from him. So sure. he was going to make the, the adjustment. Mm -hmm. I will say this though, while you are dead on that, this is all about money. I think this speaks to how terrible an owner Dan Snyder is though, because the fact is he could have been ahead of this curve. He could have been yeah, ahead he, of this curve five years that. ago. No, he really could have because five years ago not, though, there was a gonna... major outcry in terms of him changing the name. He didn't want to do it. The fact that he only did it because he was about to lose money for it, that's a horrible look. Can you we agree that? Major outcry. No, 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 because we're, here's what we're going to do differ major outcry because right. this is what everybody in, in society is losing their mind over right now. Is it's a small group of people. Believe it or not, I actually Fife put out a stat earlier on Facebook. So I'm going to take the sap from him. Well, if you're going to – can I interrupt you for one second? If you're going to bring that up, I know the survey he's talking about. There are people who feel like that survey isn't valid, though, that it was done by people again, simply again, yeah, the, to that's help the Snyder. That's the small minority though. of those people. 
it's a small minority of those people. I, I don't know if you're talking about the 62 to 38 percent. Yeah, that's people have about. discredited that survey is all I'm saying on that one. I'm just saying that it seems like that's a, probably a pretty likely split of things. And the 38 percent of people are just louder. And right now they have the sponsors behind them. That's what it took the whole time to get this thing changed is the money. You need to change your money in order to get a change. And that's what they did. Let's not sell anything short other than that. That's exactly what it is. It had nothing to do with them actually doing the right thing. It has nothing yeah. to do with them actually doing right by the Native American people. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with that. No, I agree granted, with you on he's that. Doing a, granted, he's changing it now and he's doing the right thing now. But that's now. What happened yeah. to before? Yeah, and no, that's all I was trying. To, I'm the sorry. money is where it comes out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. All I'm trying to say is he could have been ahead of this curve if he wanted to, but it's Dan Snyder. He didn't Snyder. want to. He was forced to. He didn't want to. He wouldn't have done it. If, again, if it was just the people yelling and screaming, he puts up with that every season. He'll continue to put up with that. that I'm just saying that's a, bad, that that's a bad look is all I'm trying to say, Eric. That's all I'm trying. There's no good look nowadays. Everybody's looking for the bad. Yeah, you're people not need wrong. to start looking for the good. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Dave, why don't you jump in? What do you think? Well, I mean, what I find funny is you two can figure out a way to argue even when you agree, which is just too amusing <laughs> to me. But anyway, um, look, when it's all said and done, it goes right to what Eric was saying. It, it, this, and what you're saying, it, this is nothing more than a move to make sure that they can keep their sponsors and no care at all for the fans that had an issue with the name or the American Native, you know, the Native American tribes that have had an issue with the name and the Alliance of Native Americans that have protested the name for decades now. Um, you know, Snyder's listened to people complain about that name and, you know, protest that name for probably at least 20 plus years at this point. Uh, but with the social climate we're in all around the country, the sponsors and those that give marketing dollars and things like that to Washington are not trying to have their names attached to anything that might cost them revenue. And that's, you know, like you guys said, that's really all it boils down to. And if you need blatant proof of it, look at the Redskins statement that came out when they said that they were going to change their name, but a name hasn't been come to. It literally starts off with sponsors, investors, and literally the last people they mention are fans. <laughs> literally, the last people they mention are fans. Not many times do you see a statement come out about, from a sports team where fans aren't actually the first ones mentioned. So that was very interesting to me and a very telltale sign that they're sitting there having these talks about getting rid changing the name. And Dan Snyder is basically sitting there pounding the table saying that he doesn't want to do it, but he ex understands he has to. And, you know, honestly, look, I never really had a problem with the name, but like you said, Mike, we're, none of us are in a position to truly be able to, make a statement on whether or not it is an offensive name or not to us because our opinion really doesn't matter in this topic when it comes right. down to whether it's offensive or not cancel culture one cancel culture one out here that's what one they got the revenue they got the money behind them on this topic and even though they've been fighting this fight for years this is the first time they got that piece of the puzzle that 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 side of the game on their on their team and uh yeah it, it, it's it is what it is. I, I'm fine. I don't care what name they pick. Whatever it is, it's going to be silly. I mean, come on. They're going to go with the Warriors, but then they're going to really go with another Indian theme or Native American theme, I should say. 
Can I throw one thing in real quick? I, you're you're right to an extent that cancel culture won, but can we agree this this issue has been around much longer than cancel culture? Yeah, like this, they, this issue's been this around for a long time. It took time. cancel culture to get it done, though. It yeah, but exactly. It didn't matter it's to the right. sponsors. It didn't matter to the investors, the people that made Washington money. It didn't matter to until this culture is, has really sparked. And that, that's, that's, that's fair. Where, where, that's where fair. the change has happened. But when it's all said and done, and I'm pretty sure all three of us can simply agree on this statement, I am all for anything that makes a Washington Redskins fan ownership I am all for whatever makes them miserable because I hate the Redskins. So more than okay with it. Happy to watch them have to deal with this stress and the headache of it. Find it amusing. And then most importantly, as a Cowboys fan, the last game ever played by the Washington Redskins was a 44 to 17 loss to Dallas. So (laughs) when it's all said and done, I'm going to take all of that because a lot of people aren't aware that the Cowboys only got into the league because they bought the rights to Washington's fight song and wouldn't sell it back to them until Washington voted to approve them entering the league. So Dallas wait, and Washington have been wait, wait, wait. Is that's... there is there a worse name out there though? Because I want to give you a name that, regardless of how you feel politically, I think would be hysterically funny if Snyder gave everybody the fu and named his team the Washington Trumps. I think that'd be hysterical. Oh my God! That's a bad name. I'll tell you that. Just, a, I, so just, a bit, just because if people are going to be polarized about that one too, <laughs> you, <laughs> maybe you, he's you, just you, like, I, you know what? I'm going to give you something else to argue about now. I'm going to piss you off a different way. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> that would definitely piss people off. I can give and you that. That sounds one. like a Dan Snyder move. All right. <laughs> so, if, Dan if, Snyder, the idea is free to you. Free, yeah, there you go. Yep, he's a big listener. So I don't know he'll... if anybody will tell you about this show. Any Washington <laughs> Redskins fans we got out there? I don't think there are any. Not many out there in general. <laughs> but uh, hey, give Diane Snyder. Let him know. Yeah. Okay. That's that. I I see the point you're going for there, and it, it's pretty good. I'll give you that. That's or good. the Washington Footy McFootball faces. I'm I'm down for that name. I too. saw you put that on fight on Fife's post earlier. I saw you yeah, put yeah. that. That's funny. All right. In all seriousness, though, if we had to choose, what would be the best name for the team? Eric, I don't know if you're sticking with the Trumps on that one, but Dave, you want to throw like what? What would you want to see them be called? Uh, the, my favorite one I saw on Twitter was the Washington possums because they roll over and die. I saw that. That was good. That was good. Well, I, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but apparently most of the choices that they would choose, the trademarks on them have been, or I should say the copyrights have been bought by some real estate agent in Washington. So anything that they would want to choose apparently is already the trademark is already owned by someone. So that'll be interesting to see. But I, I'm going to stick with something Joe Beningo said yesterday. I don't want to see I want to see something original. I don't want to see something that's from another sport like the Washington Warriors. That, that, that doesn't. But how many great. original names are there? There's a come few. Up with one. Give I me mean, one. Washington Americans, Washington. I I don't know about the Washington Hogs. I think that just sounds ridiculous. I've heard that. I don't think you're calling them the Washington Americans either, because if you don't like Trump, you're probably not liking the the team name Americans either. I I don't know. Just all of that, anything named America, anything after Native American culture, 
painting that way. Well, I just I'll tell you this: be too politically divisive for the anybody. The one I the one I saw that I actually liked, and it's one of the ones that the, that the copyright got bought by this real estate agent in Washington. I like the idea of the Washington Red Tails. I think that would be a good idea. I like the idea of honoring the Tuskegee Airmen on that one. So I I would be fine with the Washington Red Tails. That's that's the only one that I'm I'm really kind of in the camp of on that. What do you what think? What about though? generals? That would I mean, make sense. Well, I mean, if you're going to go that route, I mean, what do we think of when we think Washington generals? We think the team that gets his ass kicked by the Harlem Globetrotters every year. So I don't know if that's really where you want to go on that one because that's what I think. But, I mean, I'd be fine with People the Washington. People don't even like George Washington nowadays. They may want to just change to D.C. Yeah, I'll be honest. They're tearing down statues and all sorts of stuff. Maybe they just want to call them themselves the DC something or others. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I tell I, you, I don't know. This, the Maybe sentiment- they just want to get away from it all. The sentimental favorite for me, I would love them to change the name to the Washington Sentinels because we all know I love the replacements with Keanu Reeves. If they change their name to the Washington Sentinels, I would love that. You guys enough that you'd root for them. Yeah, not not that much, but it would be a cool name. <laughs> if they brought so Gene, Shane, ha- Gene Hackman's not coming back to coach this one. And no right? Shane There's Falco. No Shane Falco. He's 57 now and, uh, and murdering people on at every turn. And you yeah, really want Shane Falco I, back on the field? Listen, I mean, if you hear anything, I, listen, I'm not. First of all, I would never hand in my fanship of the Dallas Cowboys for anything. So it's not exactly like that would do anything. But. If you hear stories about Keanu Reeves, he seems like the greatest guy on the face of the planet if you're hearing, if you're hearing these stories. So maybe he could. Who the hell knows? And you're right. Yeah, at 57, he's killing everybody in front of his path. Who says he can't throw a football 60 yards? I do. I don't okay, fair enough. What, what, <laughs> what would you go with, though, Eric? I honestly don't know. So much stuff has been done, so it's hard to come up with something original. Like you said, maybe the Washington Warriors, but I I don't know. Again, you're going something Native American. I'd want to get away from that. That's Um, fair. Again, I think anything anything country-wise would just be even too politically divisive. Like you said before, the Americans – Whatever, I just think it would be too divisive. Like, I, I, I honestly don't know what you can call people nowadays without somebody somewhere getting offended by something. Like, I honestly, you just call them Washington. Maybe they don't have. How about they're the first team without a nickname? How about that? That's what I'm going to go with. How about they're just Washington? Well, it would be That's different. It. Would definitely they can be keep different. Keep the red and yellow. They can keep that same style. They could change the logo, put like a big W or something on the side, do something weird. It, I, I, I'm i going to stick with just how about nothing? I think you could do a lot worse than that. So I'm not I'm not going to fight you on that one. It, that's not a bad idea. I, I don't think it'll happen, but uh, it's it's worth a thought. It's worth consideration. I get the I get the thought process behind it, at least. All right. The Washington, any- I give up. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I honestly don't know. I don't know what you can do nowadays. It's 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 just this is. Well, if you're gonna say, if you're gonna say Washington, hard. I give up. So you should stick with the Washington possums. But then I'm saying, but at least yeah. if they kept the team name Washington, at least anything that you had bought before that just says Washington on it, and they just have a headdress or whatever, 
it, it, it looks a lot better to still be able to wear that stuff out and everything else. Maybe there's a way they can they can do something like that. Well, why in today's day and age do you need to have that nickname? I, I don't know. I know mm. it's tradition. I know it's what every sports team has done forever. But I, I don't know. Mm. What do you guys think? I, do, do you need it? I mean, listen, like I said, I think it would be different. Uh, I get the thought process behind it. Um, I can see the logic behind it. But, Dave, what do you think? Honestly, I, I actually think that's not the not a bad idea. The only thing I know is that they're trying their damnedest to find a name that starts with – a nickname that starts with R because they want to keep the uh, HTTR, hail to the whatever. So mm. I know that I know that's a major uh, factor on what how they're trying to come up with the new nickname. But honestly, I don't think Washington sounds too bad. Fair enough. Does anybody got or anything? just straight DC? I mean, even that would sound pretty good. I definitely get around the fact that the real estate agent bought all those trademarks up. So I get you on that one. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts here? Anybody want to close this out before we move on to something else? In in the all-out seriousness of sounding ignorant about sports right now. D.C. United, that's already a soccer team, right, in the MLS? I believe yep. so, yes. Okay, all right, never mind. So I was thinking United could work too, but they, I, I was like, I was pretty sure that was already taken. But Well, here's I'm, the I thing. I have up on my MLS teams lately. Well, so. here's the thing. I apologize. <laughs> to your point, to your point, nobody really plays, pays attention to Major League Soccer, so you might be on to something there, truthfully. Might be on to something there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that idea. It's not original. But again, Major League Soccer doesn't have the outreach uh, or the um whatever you want to call it, the reach um that the NFL has. So that's not a terrible idea. I'll give you that one. All right, let's move on here. Um I, I only want to touch on this very briefly. We know that with all these leagues trying to restart, the virus is gonna wind up playing some sort of factor in this season. And this week, we've kind of seen that. We've seen that begin because, what, on Friday it was announced that Aroldis Chapman has the virus. Yesterday it was announced that Russell Westbrook has a virus. I just want you guys' thoughts and comments on this one. And like I said, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. But, Eric, I'll start with you. You hear Aroldis Chapman has the virus. Obviously, you guys have a deep bullpen and everything. So, from that standpoint, it, I, I don't think it's really going to hurt you guys, but just the fact that now we're seeing somewhat big names get this, what, what are your thoughts? You're going to see other big names get it. There's no going around that. You're going to have, you know, guys like him and probably bigger names than him that, that end up getting it. But for the most part, these guys are all professional athletes, all in some of the best shape of, their, uh, of anybody in the world playing at a high level, most of them are going to be okay. So as much as it sucks, as much as it's temporarily, yes, they got to sit out. Yes, the world of Chapman's out. He's really only going to miss maybe about a week's worth of actual games. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge deal. But like you said, big names are going to happen, and you're going to see more and more of them. Um, you just hope it doesn't happen at certain times during your restart. Mm. Um, but nothing's going to stop these leagues from restarting because, honestly, 
I'm going tinfoil hat here again. I think the commissioners and the owners and a lot of these leagues are talking. And in order for football to get back to, to playing and everything else that they want to do, and they're the biggest one out there that makes the most out of any of them, they got to make sure. And they have to have a test run of some other sports to make sure that this stuff can happen. They can put guys and teams and they, they can make this stuff work if they need to. Baseball, basketball, hockey are kind of that test run for football leading into football. And I could honestly, I, I, I don't know. I, I think more names are going to come. You're going to see it. But I think that nothing's really going to stop these leagues from reopening because at the end of the day, too many people's lives are at stake, it, it, you know, either way, whether it's from the virus or because the virus has everything shut down. So it's, it, it's so many people out of work. We've talked about it. Whether because it, it's not just the players that this affects, it affects everybody from stadium workers to facilities people to maintenance people to uh, other coaches, other training staffs, and this not. It, it's such a trickle down effect in the, economically that they have to do something to try and get some people back to work. So I I, I think that as this goes on, you're you're going to hear more big names. You can't let it scare you. You can't let it deter you. You just have to hope and pray that everybody keeps doing the right things, that these people stay in bubbles if they're, if they're going to a bubble situation like they are in basketball and hockey. Or if you're in baseball and you're traveling, please be smart about where you're going and what you're doing. If you don't need to go out, don't go out. If you do go out, wear a mask. I mean, you see guys like Clint Frazier right now from the Yankees speaking of. He's wearing a mask even while playing on the field, and he plans to do so throughout the season. Says he feels comfortable in it. He doesn't. It doesn't affect him game-wise, playing-wise. So he's going to do it. I think that that's a good thing. I think more people should hopefully follow that approach. Even if they don't follow it on the field, just follow it off the field. Be safe. Everybody's smart. I think that everything should work out in the end, hopefully. But uh, I think it's catastrophic if any of these leagues have to completely halt again because I think that means no football in the fall. Oh, makes sense. I get you on everything you're saying on that one. Uh, Dave, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, like the only spot Eric missed on the people it affects is also the players' families back at home. Um, but other than that, covered all the bases there. And really, to me, it's more of a question of, like, what are the leagues going to do when it comes down to expanding a roster? You know, what are you going to do to make sure you have guys ready to play that aren't, you know, positive, like, things like that like it's really just a matter of accepting the fact that like your typical rules and regulations just can't be the same way they are in a normal year and I think that's one of the bigger things that the leagues have to accept like I mean football your active day roster is 48 players I, I just I don't and you can only have 53 after training camp like or after the final preseason game so like I don't see how that makes any sense. You can't only have five guys waiting in the wings on an NFL team if all of a sudden, you know, if they're all in different position groups and let's say the entire offensive line tests positive and can't play on Sunday. Like, it, it's, you know, something that you just really have to – they have to accept the fact that they're going to have to do some changes to some of the different rules and stuff that they currently have in place. Um you know, I mean, to me, I think one of the funniest things I heard the NFL come out and say was that there's no jersey swaps allowed after a game. And it's like, so these guys can battle each other physically, body against body, tackle each other, 
you know, push you on each, you know, do all the stuff that comes along with a football game for, you know, 50 or 60 minutes. And then you're going to tell them that they can't spend two and a half minutes on the field with, you know, their buddy that's on the other team. They exchange jerseys. Like, I mean, look, I always thought the jersey exchange thing was cool. I didn't really need it on TV or anything like that. But, like, just the concept of it and, you know, you realize these guys maybe battling against each other on an NFL field, but they played together for four years in college and maybe were dorm mates or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, that to me is really kind of – one of the stupider rules that I've heard. Um, you know, you got the NBA with their snitch hotline that apparently is starting to get flooded with calls of players that are doing the things they're not supposed to be doing. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's all going to be trial and error, and I think it really kind of boils down to a point that Eric's been, you know, saying for a while while wearing that tinfoil hat is there's some some way, somehow, I have no doubt in my mind, the NFL is influencing these other leagues so that they can try to get their league off. Um, so I, I think, you know, these trial and it's all going to be trial and error and we're gonna have to wait to see what happens. I mean, to me, the bigger, the bigger question mark isn't professional sports, it's college sports because these kids aren't getting paid. They're not professional athletes. They're not, they're nothing but kids that were good enough to make it to a big, big school. And you have some of these schools coming out saying, no, we're going to figure out a way to play. And other schools saying like, no, we're canceling all fall sports. And it, it, that to me is the question mark because I don't know how you can look at an 18 to 22 year old kid and justify forcing them to do something that puts them and their family and friends at risk. So here's how you do it though. Here's how you do it is they're not going to have college football the way you've seen college football the last 25, 30 years, however long you've been watching college football. Well, really neither of you guys watch it, but you know what I mean? Get my point. Um, It's, it's going to be different this year. I think power five conferences are going to play. I think power five conferences are only going to play themselves. I think. And then from there, they may have a bowl game or a championship game or something. I think all the other divisions, I think all the other programs, I think all the other conferences out there are done. I don't, I don't think they're playing football. I don't think, you're getting your Bowling Greens and your Rices and your Temples this year. I just don't see it. I well, see me... the ACC playing. I see the Big Ten playing. I see the Big 12 playing. I see the Pac-12 playing. And I definitely see the SEC playing. They're going to play each other regionally because they're all regional anyway. And then from there, they'll, they'll decide what happens. The reason that those Power Five are going to play and they're going to find a way to play it's because those are the schools that most kids go to who most kids are going to be drafted from. The NFL still needs their talent pool. Can't have a year of college kids off, and then it's going to, you're going to have a weird draft next year. So they're going to find a way to get some kids playing college football. They're not going to be forced into it. Some kids will probably opt out of it. But those schools will have other kids that are dying to get in and play. So I honestly think they'll be able to field rosters. They'll be able to play but it's only going to be power five conferences. Well, let me ask you something on that one, because I'm pretty sure a couple of those conferences already said that they were going to do what you said, which was they're going to have football, but it's only going to be intra-conference. And I know what the Ivy League canceled fall sports. So that that already happened. How do you think that affects stuff like the uh, the playoff bracket and everything like that, if only the power five conferences? Because if I'm not mistaken – 
like the Power Five conferences, they're the ones we hear about all the time. But there have been other teams and other conferences that make those playoffs before, right? Not really, no. You get Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame. Uh, you, you get a lot of Oklahoma. Like, well, Notre you, Dame is not in a Power Five conference, if I'm not mistaken. Notre, right? Notre Dame will find a place somewhere. They're, they're Notre Dame. They're a football powerhouse. They already play a like five to six game schedule with the ACC. I'm pretty sure the ACC would love to have them. I do not see that being an issue for Notre Dame whatsoever. Mm. All right, fair enough. There, the only thing I would, I would say, and Eric, you had mentioned this earlier, in terms of the players getting the virus or whatever. The only thing we don't really know about, in terms of like, we know what happens somewhat in terms of the effects on the virus. We don't really know what happens after the virus leaves the system in terms of the after effects and how long it'll take these players to really get in a play uh, game shape, like in a role to Chapman. Okay. He's he in has, game shape right now. Yeah, He's but here's the, here's right the thing. After the virus leaves him, does he come back at a diminished capacity? Is he, is he, he comes back more ripped than ever. He is working out. He, from everything I hear about a world of Chapman, he's, he's an absolute. Well, all I'm saying is we don't 100% know this, though, right? Well, Von, I mean, Von, I'm not, Miller, Von Miller came out and said that it took over three weeks after he no longer had the virus for him to start feeling like himself again. That's but all you got to also keep in mind when he had the virus, was the off season? Yeah. So you weren't even at mini camps yet. You weren't like so. His require, you know, his his him having any type of requirement to really work out and push himself before he got the virus and after he got the virus, like there was no requirement for him to be working out. So for all we know, he you know maybe put on that some of that off season weight, was you know hanging on the couch playing video games and maybe smoking some weed. I'm not saying he does smoke weed, but from our understanding a lot of sure, sure, sure. like so you know for all we know he wasn't in his prime shape yeah but still he's a freak athlete and in a matter of a week or two has less body fat than most human beings and you know in better shape than most human beings so like it's i honestly think uh players in basketball and hockey have a, a quick will probably have a quicker recovery time than perhaps football or baseball because football and baseball are more quick spurts of energy where basketball and hockey is a continuous go. Mm -hmm. So your lungs of a baseball player or football player at all. I'm just saying the way the sport works, football and baseball are more stop and go where basketball and hockey are a continuous flow of action. So I wouldn't be surprised if out of all athletes, they are the two, those are the two sports where guys can probably recover faster and be more likely to be able to get back on the court as quick uh, on the ice or the court as quickly as possible in comparison. And then to go, wrong, no science degree backing up my statement. Like, let's make that wait, clear. That's but to go to your point, though, to go to your one of the points you had uh, earlier about roster sizes and whatever, and about people who test and how fast they can come back. I found it really funny that you know all the Nets players who are out because of COVID and, and because they've just opted out, whether it's Kyrie and. DeAndre Jordan and uh, Durant and all those guys, they signed Michael Beasley, I think, like a week ago. Well, they signed Michael Beasley, and today Michael Beasley has COVID. So, <laughs> got diagnosed. So, now Michael Beasley is is not playing for the Nets. 
um, or, or not right away anyway. So, um, yeah, just to go to that point of it, you never know who can get it when, how, and roster sizes. I think that eventually they're going to have to, I think all leagues, whether it's baseball, and I know baseball already expanded their roster size, but in football it's probably going to go to the 70-man roster, I would imagine. Um, and hockey and basketball, I honestly think you're just going to have almost a reserve staff. Like, you're only probably going to be able to dress still your, you know, however many you're allowed to dress for a game. I don't even know what the exact number is. I think it's 12. I think it's 12. For both hockey and basketball or, or just? Oh, okay. I, I'm only talking basketball. I don't know hockey. Okay. But either way, I think you're probably going to have to have, like, a uh, – a, G League team or a G League team that can, you know, step in a roster full of guys that may not be na- names that you know, but that are going to be bodies that can fill a spot until whoever it is that is out is goes through it for their 14 days or whatever it takes. Um, so I, I honestly, I think they have to expand roster sizes, and I think they know that. So what they're going to f- exactly expand to, I don't know. They'll probably still have some limit on how many you could dress for a game, but I think the overall limit and and size I think will be a lot more flexible this year. I also think, my, Mike. I know. I know. We've been me and my, Eric have kind of gone back and forth. I just want. <laughs> well, I dropped my now. mic twice, so it wasn't the worst thing in the world. So yeah, no. Go, right, go uh, ahead. Uh, go I'm going to say this really quick, and then I'm just going to shut up so you can kind of get your. Chance I, to I just got. So I like, just got one thing I want to throw in, but yeah, no. Go ahead, so, Dave. Yeah. So like I think the so like the part that sucks is obviously we're all stuck realizing that the major focus is on kind of like the negative possibilities and things that might happen, the star players getting infected, blah blah blah. But I think one of the cool things for this situation is you we have to realize that A, everybody in the US is ready for sports. Everybody. So even if big name players aren't playing, people are still going to tune in and watch just to be able to watch live sports. So I think the cool thing that might come out of this or the silver lining of it maybe is the better way to say this. There are going to be guys that never would have gotten a shot in one of these leagues, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even soccer. There are going to be guys that never would have gotten a shot that when they get enough time on the field or the court or the ice or whatever it might be, all of a sudden are going to change their entire lives around because they're going to finally have a chance to really truly display what they have and become a household name that can actually maybe make money that changes their lives and the lives of their children and those that kind of come after. So like, you know, in like your cousin mentioned in the chat room, like Tom Brady, like, it required an injury at Bledsoe for Brady to get on the field. Prescott, for all you know, may have never made it onto the field if it did, if Romo didn't go down sure. and Kellen Moore didn't get injured and, you know, all the chips that fell in his favor. So for all the negatives and all the different things that, you know, are obvious that to focus on, I think one area that a lot of people aren't talking about that is actually a silver lining to this is there are going to be guys that actually get a chance that were good enough to get a chance but just happened to fall under the radar or maybe were a little too short or maybe not not just fast enough or whatever it might be. I mean, Eric, I think one guy that me and you both can talk – or that all of us can agree on, really, but we'll hit home for you, Eric, 
is a guy like Victor Cruz. Mm. Like that, that to me is a perfect example. That man played his ass off in preseason, earned a roster spot, and just a couple years later earned a nice guaranteed paycheck. I mean, no, it wasn't number one wide receiver money. But if I remember correctly, he got over $20 million in guaranteed money. And if he was smart with his money, that can last you a long time. So I, I think that's a, a silver lining to all of the negative and all the other things that, you know, deserve to be talked about. I think that's a silver lining that not enough people are talking about. That's a very fair point on that. And the, the only thing I wanted to throw in was, Eric, you kind of hit on this. I know Dave was talking about the, um, the idea of expanded rosters. I think baseball is actually doing it the best right now in terms of they have a 60-man roster pool because there's no minor league season this year. So you have 60, man, 60 men on your roster, um, on the pool that you can kind of pull from. And they're starting off the seasons with 30-man rosters, and I believe those are going to go down in increments. I'm not entirely sure on the increments. But to kind of go to your point, Dave, I think that's, that, that might be the best way to do it. And I know Eric talked about they have to go to 70-man rosters in the NFL, which makes a lot of sense. With all that stuff in there, I definitely think you're going to see people like you talked about in terms of people you've never heard of before getting their shot because of the injuries and the virus and everything like that happening. So I, I definitely hear you on that. But I think right now in terms of having a pool of players you can pull from in the event something like that happens, I think baseball right now is ahead of that curve with those 60-man roster pools that they have. So anybody got any final thoughts on this before we move on? Nope. Good. Eric? No, I'm good. All right. Now, the, the last thing that I wanted to bring up tonight, it's something we really haven't talked about over the last few weeks, but we got to talk about the Mets ownership here. Actually, before we do this, the one thing I want to talk about, and it kind of goes with what we were just talking about. Can we talk about how the NBA really, based on everything you've seen come out over the last week, they really didn't think this whole bubble thing through in terms of players leaving the bubble and players bringing girls into the bubble and this whole thing that's going on and the meals these guys are getting and the conditions at the hotels and everything. Am I the only one who feels like they didn't really think this through? Dave, I'll start with you on that. Oh, look, I, they thought it through. You see those meals, they're trying to save money. I mean, like, but no, I mean, I, I, they thought it through, and that's why they made the snitch hotline. So if guys go out, with, you know, or sneak girls in or whatever it is, look, I'm going to tell you right now, the guys that are sneaking girls in or single or, you know, whatever age group they might fall in, I don't really care. They're single or they're cheating on their wives, whichever one. The guys that are snitching on them for doing so are married and happily married with kids and don't, you know, all of that. And Like, the NBA thought it through, but it's just one of those things where people are going to be people and they're going to do what they want to do when it's all said and done. And yeah, I don't I – don't, look at it as the NBA not thinking it through. I just look at it as them trying to make the best of a bad situation, and this was the best they could come up with. Well, I will say also, not only do – I mean, part of it is me thinking the NBA didn't think it through. I also think the players themselves didn't really realize what the conditions were going to be until they got there. Because when you have LeBron 
saying things like uh, comparing the NBA bubble to prison. I, it's, I, I get what you're saying in terms of the NBA trying to save money and all that stuff. The where are they themselves, staying? Where, where I, I, are they staying? Somewhere in Orlando. Somewhere they're, staying they're, in, at, they're staying in Disney World. Oh, is that what it is? That's yeah, what I mean. Is they're they're literally bad-mouthing Disney World where people spend literally thousands of dollars to bring their families there and everything else, and they're just literally shitting on it. It, it to me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I guarantee it probably doesn't make the mouse very happy to hear. I mean, I really don't think it's third-world conditions they're living in. I think it's just a normal hotel room oh, that sure. you, me, or anybody else would get. They may not have all their amenities of their million dollar mansions and their, you know, penthouses that they're used to. But listen, this is this is the environment you gotta play in. But to complain about it at this point, I mean, you're you're literally complain complaining about staying at a place that tens of thousands of families pay a lot of money each year to stay at. Um, I don't know. I think it's just you know, you wanna complain about the food, listen. Food may not be great there, but I'm sure you can get takeout. I'm sure if you called up, somebody will deliver you something. I'm sure you'll get taken care of some way, shape, or form. You know, I I, I just don't understand how it could be that bad. To compare it to prison, to compare it to that kind of stuff, I think it's just outlandish and 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 really is it kind of annoys me. Well, I mean, like I like I was going to say, I don't think the players entirely thought through or realized what the conditions were going to be. I don't necessarily disagree with you guys, but I just think the the thoughts that went into this, I feel like on some level, both sides kind of didn't think what the actuality was going to be on it. And, that, and again... Well, but again, where else are you going to get a place with that many with that many basketball? Hey, courts? listen, I'm not, I'm not, argue, I'm not arguing with you on that point. I get you. And I get you entirely on that. I'm and just it's saying, a first rate, are, it's a first rate place. Otherwise, I mean, for the most part, I, I really don't hear a ton of people complaining about the way Disney is when they, you know, every year. I, I, I don't know. I don't hear a ton of complaints coming out of there other than from them. So I think they have to put it into perspective. Where else are they going to get those kind of arenas and everything else to play? In a in a closed in environment like that, there aren't many places in the country to do that. Well, I think it, I think that to choice. kind of to kind of go to your point there. I think this is what happens when millionaires have to li- have to live like the regular middle class. So I'll give you that one. I think that goes to your point there. All right, but that's that's all I really wanted to say on that one, real quick, just because it's been coming up recently. All right, the Mets ownership situation. So on Friday. Everyone was supposed to. Oh, submit Dave didn't it. have a final opinion on that. Dave, did you have a final opinion on that? I apologize. I mean, in all honesty, the only thought I have was Eric is spot on because I've paid for a trip to Disney World and that shit is expensive. So these guys, I mean, and you got to also keep in mind they are allowing them access to the park. So it's not. So it's not like they can't leave the bubble. But how many of these guys are going to, to that park? How many of these guys are going to that park without their families? Though is my question. Javel McGee and I think I can't remember who he was with, but Javel McGee posted a video today on Instagram um, hit of him and another player enjoying one of the water slides. Okay. And they can eat anywhere in the park, too. You don't like the food you're getting served there, feel free to walk around and get something. 
Okay. All right. Fair but enough. But I'm not. I'm not understanding what they're what they're complaining about. Mm. Shut up and play. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad for him. All right. Fair enough. All right. Mets owners. Yeah, they sent me to Disney World and made me play basketball. <laughs> don't forget they. Don't forget they paid him. They are paying. Yeah. They are paying them. You're gonna pay me to go to Disney World, play basketball, and have fun without any responsibilities, family, kids, anything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough, tough world they're living in. Actually, re- actually, Man. really quick, Mike. Before we move on, just to drive that point home, uh, the Greek freak. Uh, I'm not even gonna try to say his name because still. Giannis Antetokounmpo. What you just said. There you go. When was when he was asked uh, when he was asked on his thoughts about the room he got at, in the bubble, his response was, "That room is bigger than the entire house I grew up in with me and my four brothers and my mom." Yeah, so sure. I'm just trying to enjoy the moment. So, yeah, let's be honest. These guys are not like living in the slums right now. They're 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 in the best. One of the best resorts in not only the country but in the world with some of the nicest hotel rooms, probably some of the quickest service. I mean, all things considered, they, they can stop their whining. And you, you want to complain about safety it's and literally health called and the things like that, place. but fine. It's literally called the happiest place on earth, isn't it? Isn't that the nickname? Yes, that is the name. <laughs> that they gave That they gave. And themselves. it's a prison sentence for LeBron. Yeah, it's a uh, – I'm sorry. I, I'm – all right, all right, okay. Mets ownership. Let's talk about this. I want. I want to bring this. You up. are dying to talk about these Mets. Well, only it only seems that way because you guys had a lot more to say about that than I thought you would. But anyway, um, so Friday was the day that the first round of bids were supposed to be submitted. Today was the second round of bids. You have the the four ownership groups that made it to the second round of bids. Steve Cohen, who submitted a $2 billion bid for the team and $2 billion for SNY, which the Wilpons have not wanted to sell. Then you have the ownership group uh, that is led by, uh, I believe it's the owners of the Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers. And then you have the ownership group led by Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez, who have Mike Rapoli as a as a um, contributor. You have Vincent um, Piazza, I believe, another billionaire, and then you have a list of players including Brian Erlacher, Travis Kelsey, Demarco Murray, Joe Thomas, Bradley Beal, Mason Plumley, the guy who so, sold the popcorn at a arena one time, the ball boy from the Washington Redskins, and the guy who cleans the bathrooms from the New York Yankees. That ownership group is the one that I wanted to talk about the most because that, that's just getting ridiculous with this many prospective owners as being a part of this group. And uh, apparently, Jeff Wilpon would prefer to sell to them if they are close to the bid that Steve Cohen submits, which just shows you how ridiculous Jeff Wilpon is and how badly he needs to be taken away from the New York Mets before he fucks it up any worse than he already has. And I just wanted to bring this up right here. I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on this. I'm not opposed to Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez owning the Mets. My problem with that ownership group is I don't want to see a, a situation like Roger Dorn in Major League Two where you spend so much money on a franchise 
that you don't have any money to do anything else after the sale is completed. And that's my big worry with that particular ownership group that, yeah, you got a couple millionaires on their side, but they only signed on to give a certain amount of money and you're going to wind up putting so much money into the bid that you can't do anything else after the fact and leave it to the Mets. Something like this is, of course, turning into a circus. And Eric, if you want to say dumpster fire, I'm not really going to argue with you on that. Dave, let's start with you, though. What do you think about this? Mike, I, I hate to say this to you, but I don't care who owns the Mets. <laughs> I really just don't. I care. What I care about is the fact that the, whoever does own the Mets helps them become a winning team. That's all I care about. I don't care what the names are. means absolutely nothing to me. Just help them become a winning team, and I'll be good. you'll be good in my book. All right, go ahead, Eric. Eric. I mean, I don't, I don't got a ton on it. I mean, what I would say is I think eventually it goes to Cohen. I just don't think that they're going to get it away from him. I think that really ultimately when all is said and done, right, well, you know how much Jeff stomps his feet and cries and whines and whatever else. When all is said and done, somehow it's going to end up with Cohen. And that's the best probably bet for the Mets, at least at this time around, that you won't have that provision in the contract of Jeff's got to stay on for five years and, and fuck it up some more. Well, so, I don't, I mean, I don't just, think that is in play anymore now that they went to full auction. I don't that's think what that's I'm saying. A, I don't yeah. think it's not in play anymore, and that's what I'm yeah. saying is a good thing. Yeah. Now at least he can get in there, evaluate what he's got. I honestly think you should can Van Wagen, start, start fresh, start new, and, and build it the way he sees fit. Um, he's, from everything I've heard, a big Met fan, a guy who has a mm. ton of money, isn't afraid to spend it, and would want to try to – to compete for to you know with the Yankees to be that top team in New York, so um, I I just think that that's eventually where it's going. It's going to go to Cone regardless of A Rod and his fifty friends or um, you know that other ownership group. I forget the which one. I don't know was. their names, but they own the Seventy Sixers and the Devils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, you know, I just I don't see it. So I, I honestly see it more in, in Cohen's favor. Um, it's just that Jeff wants to be, you know, pissy about it now because he's not going to get that five years of, of control he would have got if he would have just let the first deal go through. Yeah. Well, here's my question because in the end, I do think like you would wind up going to Cohen. But my question, given everything that went on, you know, back in February, do we have to worry about the team actually not having the sale approved? Because Manfred back in February hinted that Cohen may not be approved as owner if he were to buy a team in the future. And the idea that the other owners wouldn't approve him because you don't want another team that spends money like the Yankees do. I'm not sure how much I a hundred percent believe that one. But just the thought that Cohen pissed off people back in February with the way that whole sale fell through. Do you think there would be a question of him being approved by two-thirds no. majority and of the there, owners? No, I don't think there would be any problem with that. And, it, and what you said there, too, kind of got debunked with 
the Dodgers. The Dodgers were awful under McCord. He ran them into the ground. Sure. And it wasn't until after that sale that the Dodgers have been brought back. They were they were a big baseball team. They were a prominent MLB team for a long, long time. Sure. And they, uh, you know, took a nosedive under McCord and that family because they didn't spend money. So like you said, they bring in that ownership with 50 people and, you know, the guy at the top doesn't have that extra money to spend because he put in too much on the bid or whatever else. And now you're in a situation like that where the team's going to get run into the ground even by new ownership. Can't have that. You got to have somebody with money. You got to have somebody willing to spend it. And for ownership, not to, or, or other owners in the league, not to want a guy to come in and spend money is just a silly reason. So I, I find no reason that he wouldn't get approved. He, he'll eventually, from everything I've heard from past and only and anybody I've listened to lately, um, it, it just sounds like eventually it's going to go the way of Colin. And just, just keep the, Jeff Wilpon out of the room when it happens. Just keep yeah, him away I mean, from he's, it. yeah, he can retire with his billions and billions of dollars and hopefully mm-hmm. pay off whatever he owes and still be able to leave some for his kids. And everybody will be happy because the kids didn't want any part of it. But in the first deal, they were going to get $2.6 billion. Jeff was still going to run the team for five years, and they were keeping SNY. Now it's two billion for the team. Was it two billion for SNY? So they're getting four, but technically it's really only one point four than they would have gotten. And Jeff now doesn't have the control he would have gotten. So it's like to them, they're just losing, in my opinion, on this sure. deal. The longer they sure. hold out, and the more they want to wait on second and third and fourth offers. You know, yeah. It's like buying a house. When I bought a house, you know, a year and a half ago, it was off. It was an awful process. It's absolutely terrible. I can imagine what it's like going bidding on a major league team. It's got to be just as awful. Second, third bids, final bids, the final and best bid, the final, final best bid. It's, I mean, it's just the nonsense you go through. It's, uh, I, it, but I'd expect nothing less than that from the Mets. Like you said, they're, <laughs> they're, a dump, they're a dumpster fire waiting to be put out, hopefully, by Cohen's money. I, I didn't say they were a dumpster fire. I said the Wilpons turned this into a dumpster fire. But, you know, anyway. Anyway, I, I want to bring up something Cousin David is bringing up in the chat. The Mets owners still have debt from the MLB. Does that have to be settled before the team is sold? I believe the prospective owners who wind up buying the team would assume the team's debt, including any de- debt they had to MLB. But, you know, Cousin David loves to bring up this Bobby Bonilla shit every chance he gets. And I want to say something about this Bobby Bonilla thing, because here's the thing. Because it's the Mets, this winds up becoming a big deal. But I think we all know, and I, 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 there were many lists out there, Bobby Bonilla is not the only person who's got a contract, who had a contract where he wind up getting deferred money in this situation. I want to point something out. Was this worth $50 million over 25 years or however much money it winds up being um, for this deal. I don't know. But let's be honest. What did the Bobby Bonilla thing lead to? The Bobby Bonilla deferment led to the Mets getting Mike Hampton, who had the best season of his career, was the NLCS MVP in 2000, basically helped take them to the World Series. And when he left the team after that season and signed the big deal contract with the Colorado Rockies, the Mets got a compensatory draft pick. That compensatory draft pick was used on David Wright. Now, again, 
Is that worth $50 million over 25 years? I don't know. But given all the dumb shit the Mets have done over the last 50 years, that outcome is a lot better than a lot of other things the Mets have done over the last 50 years, and specifically under the Wilpons administration. So as much as everybody can laugh at the Bobby Bonilla day and all this stuff, and everybody has a good time on that, let's be honest, that didn't turn out as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Eric, I don't want your comment on that. Let's it just move on. It still doesn't make Dave care anymore about, about the Mets ownership. Either. Well, if, that, if that's all you're going to say on that, that's fine, because I'm sure it doesn't. I'm sure it doesn't. I'm with you on that one. But I just wanted to say that because he throws this shit. Or they could have just spent $5 million in 99. Well, they actually did spend $5 million on him in 99. They bought him out in 2000, David. So get your years right there. But I'm just saying, that actually... I don't want to say it worked out perfectly because we didn't get a championship out of it. And obviously David Wright didn't have as great of a career as everybody would have liked to him to have had. So I'm not going to pretend that it worked out perfectly for them. Didn't work out as horribly as everybody wanted, wants to make it out to be, though. Just wanted to say that. Right. Now, we got it. We got you. Okay. Now, does anybody Going have, any, does anybody have anything? What, what are you saying? I'm saying, I think, I think we got to get off this topic. We went down a weird rabbit hole here. I think we got to pull ourselves out of here. Well, the problem is I, I read Cousin David's things in there because now he's saying MLB should have thrown the Wilpons out of baseball after that deal. They don't understand simple economics. Well, by that math, you should have thrown the Nationals out after they signed Max Scherzer to the contract because half of his contract is deferred and is going to go on a lot longer. And maybe you should have also thrown the Reds out after they gave Ken Griffey his contract because he still has a lot of deferred money on that too. So I think I, I don't... David just knows how to push your buttons is what yeah. I think. Well, that's yeah, all no. he's doing. You he's you just hitting them. You're, <laughs> apparently, he's you literally, go out he's to lunch every freaking like, day. All right. Eric, you got anything else you'd like to bring up tonight? Um, I don't know. I'm just happy that we seem to be getting closer to a return of some kind of sports. <laughs> that's all I care about. Baseball is, I think, next week. The Yankees start, and Nationals are next Wednesday, maybe. I think it is. The Wednesday or Thursday. And then uh, basketball, hockey coming up shortly after that. Um, I am looking for looking forward to all of it. So I am just getting myself slightly more excited, little by little, every day for it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Dave, what do you got? Tomorrow is the deadline for Dallas to sign Dak to a long-term contract, so I'm interested to see if they're able to get it done. Uh, I personally would prefer them to than not, because I think if they don't, the amount, the amount of leverage he has just gets stronger and stronger. So I really hope they're able to get some kind of long-term deal done. Uh, but at least he signed his tag, so no matter what, he'd be playing for Dallas this year. Um, guys are starting to get paid. Uh Miles Garrett in Cleveland is looking to sign a five-year, 125 or something million-dollar extension. Chris Jones, the D tackle in the Chiefs, signed a uh, like five-year deal with like over 60 million dollars guaranteed. So guys are getting signed, and I'm hoping I get to see Dak get signed at some point tomorrow. I think the deadline's at 4 p.m. Yeah, that's fair. And I want to bring up that, that Miles Garrett thing because 
in the midst of everything that has gone on, he got reinstated for this season. And I know we all felt pretty strongly after the whole thing with him and my and um, Mason Rudolph happened during the season. Did anybody have a problem with him getting getting reinstated for this season, Eric? I have a uh, yes and no. He probably should have got some kind of penalty, but uh, I, I have into this season as to how much I don't know. With it being such a weird year, though, I think that's what they probably made him reinstate him because. To, to have a guy like him, who, he's talented. I'm not going to say he's not, you know, a little, little crazy, but talented. And, uh, yeah, I just think that they, you know, with the roster size and everything else, they were just like, it's not a good look to, 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 to suspend him any further. Let's reinstate him. Um, like you said, I, I, I don't have a problem with, with him being reinstated. Dave, what did you think? I mean, yeah, all things considered, no, I'm not, I really don't have a problem with them reinstating him. I mean, we all saw it happen. He has his side of the story. Mason Rudolph has his side of the story. He got the suspension he got. He served his time. I, I mean, no, you should never use a helmet as a weapon. I, we all understand that. But if his side of the story is true, I'm pretty sure any player on that field would have went after Rudolph, even his own teammates, if he actually said what Garrett says he said. So, I, you know, I personally don't have an issue with it. He got he got his penalty, he got his fine, he paid up, and you know, moved on. Fair enough. All right. So this is this is the end of the show right now. This is normally the time we talk about television shows we all like. Eric, I, I know you're going to plug Dirty Works here, and it's fine and everything. We'll get to that in a little while. I got a couple things I've been watching over the last few weeks that I want to bring up here. Um, there's a television show that I rewatched recently. I don't know if anybody caught this when it first aired. Uh, I'm a big fan of HBO's The Newsroom with Jeff Daniels. I don't know if you guys want to watch that when it first aired. This is a great show, though. I absolutely love it. What they, what they wound up doing was... Um, yeah, I got a problem with my computer. Um, what they wind up doing is... They basically mirror le- real-life events. So the, the timeline of the season is a typical year. The highlight of the first season is the episode they did the night that the United States, uh, the, uh, the SEAL Team 6 killed bin Laden. It's my favorite episode of the season. And then the second and third season have more like real-life scenarios that actually happened with other news networks. Yeah, have you guys seen the show at all, Dave? Uh, I don't have HBO, so no. Well, did you catch the? I'm sure you had it at one point, though. So, like, did you catch the show when it aired? Because it aired about seven, eight years ago. Oh no. Okay, Eric. Nope. Well, you guys know Aaron Sorkin, right? I don't know if you guys have ever seen The West Wing. That was him. He did. Uh, he wrote the script for The Social Network. He's done a couple other movies. Um, renowned writer and everything. It, it's it's to me, it's an absolutely great show. And I know cousin David's backing me up on there. Jeff Daniels, the best thing Olivia Munn has ever done, in my opinion. She doesn't get a lot of credit for anything she's done after this show, but she's absolutely phenomenal in the show. It's got a great cast and everything. I highly recommend you guys check this out if you guys ever get a chance. Like I said, I it's only all total. It's three seasons of twenty five episodes. 
And it, it's a very easy watch if you guys ever get a chance. All right. Word. Yep. No, All I've right. been watching. I got to be honest. I've been watching. Dave got me into this stupid show. I never should have got into it. It's, it's, it's crap. I got to tell you. Time to play some tag with J.J. Watt and his two brothers. I mean, it's. It, now, is that the one yeah. you said you were disappointed by? Oh, yeah, it's completely disappointing. It's awful. It's just as bad as – I don't know if you guys have seen the game show that the Gronk has now. It's on, like, Fox or whatever. It, oh, it's that, called yeah, game that's on horrible. Who is it? With, oh, with gotcha, gotcha. Game on. It's with the, it's Gronkowski versus, like, Venus Williams. And then they each have, like – on Gronkowski's team, he has that guy Bobby, La uh, Bobby Lee. You ever watch Matt? You watched Matt. Yeah, exactly I know who you're that. talking about with Bobby, Bobby Lee. Lee. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby Lee is like Gronk's sidekick. And then Venus has this other guy, Ian, who's a nice guy, the comedian, as a sidekick. And then each week they bring in like one other like celebrity person to be on their team. And they go through like little game shows and whatever. It's hosted by, uh, what's his name? Keenan uh, Michael Key? I don't know. No. From uh, Key and Peele, you're talking about, right? Maybe am I am I getting that right, Dave? I could be wrong on that. No, it's Keegan uh, Michael. Yeah, Keegan. yeah, that's the name. Yeah. So yeah, 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 hosted by him. It's it's kind of a terrible show. I got to be honest, it's awful. Now I told you, and I told you last week, and I will tell Dave because I was I don't know if Dave was here with us last week or if he heard me say this, but the show um, that Ryan Reynolds does called Don't Phenomenal. Yeah, that I've never seen. Watch it. It's on ABC. But if you like Ryan Reynolds, if you like Deadpool, if you like like that like comedy that Ryan Reynolds brings, it's pretty much Ryan Reynolds came up with a game show, and he's like the guy, the guy in the sky, and he narrates pretty much everything you're seeing, but like isn't actually there with the people on the floor, isn't actually like the host of the show or anything else. Like Adam Scott's the host of the show, um. But, like, you get his flair because he's always chiming in, has a quirky remark here, something to say there, like, whatever. So it's just yeah. got a lot of his humor in it um, throughout. It's, you could totally see it as you watch it that the games they came up with were totally games that he probably had an idea or, or at least a hand in coming up with. Uh, very fun watch. So I, I'd, recommend, uh, I'd recommend that. What's the What's name it? of it? It's called Don't. 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 Okay. Because it's like things like you don't want to do in the house. Like you don't want to like throw a ball in the house. So they have a game where like you have somebody and they're swinging upside down. And they got to catch a ball like 20 times within like a, a minute or, you know, for each ball they catch, they get like a thousand dollars or whatever else. And they can, you know, um, or, you know, another game where it's like, don't like, you know, run in the street. And you got to like stand, you, it's a multiple choice game and you like pick an answer, but you have to stand in a lane. And if you're wrong, a tire comes down and hits you. Like, it's just, you know, goofy stuff, but it's just fun. It's funny and, and an easy watch. It's nothing you got to think too hard about. It's just, it's fun. So I'd recommend it. Fair enough. Today's Fair day enough. and age, we all need some fun. So, and it's got the competitive aspect too, because it's still a game. So I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Yeah, nothing else. I, I got to bring up one thing here. I got to bring up one thing. Now, I don't really think any of us are into musicals at all. Uh, I had mentioned this last week on our group text. I uh, Be quiet, Eric. Um, I, I never had any intention of seeing this. My mother brought it up to me a whole bunch. And I was bored one night. 
So I decided to check out Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I got to be honest, it's pretty fucking good. I'm not going to stand here and be like, it's the greatest thing ever or anything like that. It is a damn good show, though. And like, let's be honest. I'm sure the only musicals everybody has seen, West Side Story and Grease. And if you haven't seen both of those, you've probably at least seen one of them. So I yeah, no musicals here. Hamilton, Cousin David is saying overrated. I don't agree with him whatsoever on that. I thought, because in my head, I don't like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't like him at all. Everything I've seen over, of him over the last few years, I, he just comes off as very pretentious to me. To watch this show, I, was, I really came in with very low expectations, and I was very surprised how much I actually like this show. So I would recommend it to anyone here. David, uh, Dave, I'm going to go to you first because I feel like Eric's just going to uh, poo-poo the whole thing, and that's fine and everything. But, Dave, I want to go to you first. What do you think? I mean, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I'm very interested in seeing it. I have several friends that have gone and seen it live on Broadway, and I've never heard anything other than great reviews about it. And I've also already, like, they released the soundtrack for it, and I've heard the whole soundtrack, and I thought that sounded really good. So, yeah, like, I, I'm already pretty confident I'm going to like it. It's just a matter of how much I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. And Cousin David is saying the show was boring. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I don't agree with that. It was three hours, but honestly, I felt like it moved very quickly. I thought it was very well paced. And I'll say this. I went in absolutely knowing just about nothing about the musical. I never heard the soundtrack, never heard anything. I had heard that song, giving away my shot or whatever the hell it is. And I wasn't really impressed by it. And I'm glad I went into that show knowing absolutely nothing about it because uh, like I said, I thought it was really good. All right, go ahead, Eric. No, full disclaimer, I haven't seen it, so it's kind of hard to badmouth something you haven't seen. So I can't go too deep into it. few people I know who have seen it, I mean, it's a mixed bag. Some people who went and seen it and saw it in New York at the theater, you know, like it. But again, it's a Broadway show. That's what you're there to see. Seen it on TV. I do know somebody who saw it, and they said they did not like it. But they didn't like it because they also didn't think it was historically accurate and there were some other problems they had with it. For me, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm just, you know, I, from what I've heard about it, it doesn't sound as historically accurate as like I would probably expect it to be or want it to be. But, I mean, I can't knock something I haven't seen, so I can't really shit on it the way that you probably expected me to. Um from like Dave said, anybody who I know that has gone and seen it in New York, seen the actual show, seen the production, seen everything, they really did enjoy it. They enjoyed their, they enjoyed what they saw. They enjoyed the music. They enjoyed, they enjoyed the play. So I, you know, it's a mixed bag review, but I don't have a personal review because I haven't seen it. Um, I might see it at some point in the future. I know Janice wants to watch it. Maybe she'll rope me into seeing it. But right now, it's not on my current list of things to watch. What is on my still current thing, list of things to watch is I do want to see Valiant, that uh, that documentary Pipe has been telling me about now for a couple of weeks. Still on my list of things to watch. Um, so I think I'm probably going to watch that first. But who knows? We'll see. If in the future the wife does talk me into it, I'll let you guys know, and maybe we can do more of a review on it. But 
till then i can't really crap you know what i think you'll like because here's the thing i thought the first act was better than the second act and i think the part you'll really like is the revolutionary war stuff and i know everyone say the the historically accurate thing i'm sorry can can we all agree that 90 percent of the stuff that is based on a true story is just that based on it and that no thing that is based on a true story 100% 100% sticks to the facts of the show. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of things they got wrong historically. Well, like Rudy being an asshole. He's, sure. he's a jerk in real life. That, that's a great point, actually. I can give you that one. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. What difference does it make if it doesn't make a difference to me as long as the movie is good? Because all you're really going for on these things, you're not going for historical accuracy. You're going to have a good time. And as long as you have a good time, isn't that all that matters? Would you have had a better time in the theater, or do you think it was just as enjoyable being able to watch it from well, the comfort I'll, of your home? I'll tell you the thing about that, because I, I, don't, I don't know the answer for that, but the way they shot this thing was really well done, because you got close-ups on this that I felt made the experience that much more enjoyable that you would not have gotten if you were sitting in the nosebleeds watching for this, which, let's be honest, as much as the tickets were for this thing, that's probably all someone like me would be able to afford something like that. So the way they shot this, they did a really good job on that. So I, I don't know the answer, but I can tell you right now, I got a lot out of it just watching it on my laptop. You know? All right. Like yeah. I said, we'll, we'll see if the we'll see if Chance talks me into it. Yeah. Well, I, I'd say, I, as I started to say, I think the part you'll get the most out of is when they actually get into the Revolutionary War and all that. Because honestly, I, I found a lot of what they did, it, 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 you get pretty amped up for it, in my opinion. So I think, I think that's what you'll, I think that's what'll resonate with you. The second half is good and everything. There's some good stuff that comes out of it. It just didn't hit me the same way as the first act. So. But Dave, I know, I know you said you want to see it. I, I, I highly recommend it. If you guys have Disney Plus, it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I intend to. I can promise you that. Mm. All right. And um, all right, with that, does anybody have anything else they want to bring up tonight? I'm good. I know you're dying for me to bring up Turdy Works, but I'm pretty sure last Yeah, week I've been waiting with Beta Breath. It's the last week of season finale, though, so there is no more turds for right now. Oh, there no. is a turd tour, though, where she is going out on tour. Oh, boy. Um, but, but COVID has halted the tour. Trust me, if she comes in the area, I will check out the turd tour. But <laughs> uh, and until that day, I don't know. Uh, we were out of Turdy Works uh, updates for now. I hope your mom, for whatever she watched, enjoyed it. Um, for anybody else, you were, I'd asked you to watch an episode. I don't think you ever did as well, but, uh, that's okay. It's okay. There's always next season. I'm sure she'll be making more turds and, uh, well, um, she'll be making them and I guess selling them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. No more turds for now, but uh, I, I don't know. Are we still recording because if we're not, I don't want to shout out El Presidente because he won't hear me, but, but if we are. Oh, Presidente out there. I mean, like, listen, well, what's it going to take here? I, have, I mean, it seems like it seems like he's got so his gotta, own problems. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, listen, you still got a big platform for us to go to. So, you know, was that what I got up again? I opened a slice of pizza last time. Let's do a slice of pizza and a beer now. On me. Let's yeah. go. Well, I don't know if you're seeing Cousin David in the chat room, but he said Turdy works on Broadway. 
That'll be the end. Well, I'll the tell end. you what, Mary uh, on stage would be a show. That'd be a yeah. show worth seeing. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know if I'd pay five hundred a seat for it, but I, I would. I'd uh, I'd probably throw ten bucks to get in. <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Why not? All right. With that, I think that's going to do it here for us tonight. Does it, I'll give you guys final thoughts. Dave Hastings, final word. Always just happy to be here, gentlemen, and until next week. Mm, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Eric Tressler. Stay sweaty and get out of El Presidente. <laughs> Stay sweaty, my friend. Thank you. And I am Mike Agliolauro. Thank you, everybody, for listening, whether you're joining us live, whether you're listening to us on the podcasting networks. we got Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we will see you all next week.